The entire team at the Emsolation Podcast acknowledges the traditional custodians and cultures of the lands and seas on which we live and work. We pay our respects to all First Nations peoples, elders and ancestors. We acknowledge that sovereignty was never ceded and stand in solidarity towards a shared future. I personally want to acknowledge the traditional custodians of the land on which I record this podcast every week, the Wurundjeri people. I recognise their continued connection to the land and waters of this beautiful place I call home. Always was, always will be. M. Rossiano. I've become the vagina lady. And Michael Lucas. Me saying to you that Beyonce has done a Whitney tribute is basically me going down on you. This is M. Salation. I, I dispute the theory. And, what? And what? The reason. What are your facts? I don't care for them. <laughs> Well, hello there and welcome to Emsolation. My name is Em Rossiano. I'm a writer, a singer, a stand-up comedian, a maximalist power queen, a neurodivergent magic brain. And together with my best friends in Solas 11, screenwriter, podcaster, Logie winner and actor winner, Mr. Michael Lucas, I bring you this podcast every week. I'm going to say it. I laughed the most I've ever laughed in 190-odd episodes of this podcast. I don't know how many we've done. It's probably around there. We should do something for our 200th. I don't know. I'll look it up. I laughed the most. I'm just, it was, we were extremely tired. Both of us have been unwell. And for some reason, we, we didn't have a lot of notes and it just became chaotic. But I think in a good way, we spoke about uh, the newsreader, season two is kicking off the filming. They had their first table read. Michael sat down just from a very long day, having everyone kind of be in the same room at the same time, reading his words out loud in front of each other. So you can imagine it's fairly nerve wracking. We talk about my session with performance coach guru, Ben Crow. He, of course, looks after Ash Barty and a bunch of really impressive people, but most you would most know him from his work with Ash Barty. He's helping me with my press club speech. We then roll into my obsession with Love Island UK and we also talk about our disgust at Australian Idol's casting conditions, Idol's coming back, and they've got one caveat in there that's made me really mad. So that's what you've got to look forward to. How are you? I have got the flu for the second time, or a really bad head cold, one of the two. (laughs) I just feel like I cannot get a break on the health front, but it's fine. It's fine. I'm going to power through. What could go wrong? But, um... I have been trying to start this speech, so that is why I had this session and I'm going to be doing more sessions with him, but I am feeling better about it. I also want to let you know that the... What the fuck is hell? T-shirts are back online on sale. They're there, they're now. We've done a very limited run of kids' versions, so if you're brave enough to put your kid in that top, I am, Elio's got one, please grab one. They're already selling well. We did a soft launch last night, but yes, uh, the the... What? T-shirts are back at mrussiano.com with all proceeds going to an autism charity. We raised $5,000 last time. I'm hoping to hopefully double that, you know, good to reach for the sky, aim for the stars. What else did I want to say? Oh, I had the most loveliest thing happen. Elio watches Play School, obviously, and his favourite, favourite presenter is Michelle Lim Davidson, who plays Nolene on the newsreader, obviously. So today Michael was on set with her and she pulled a Humpty soft toy out of her backpack and said, and Michael looked at her and said, oh, um," and she said, no, it's for Elio. And then 
She sent the most wonderful message for Elio. It's a bit noisy in the background, but you'll be able to kind of get the gist of it. Here's her message. It was a video message. Hi, Elio. It's Michelle from Play School. Look what I've got you, your very own Humpty Dumpty. Hope you look after him well. Hi, thanks for watching the show. And the look on his face, he asked to send a message back. This is what he sent back. Go. Go. Taking Michelle, taking... Thank you. For Humpty, yeah. Humpty. It's very nice. I want to see it. You want to watch Michelle's video again? Yeah. (laughs) And I've played Michelle's message to him so many times now that he can word perfect recite it. (laughs) He can lip sync Michelle Lim Davidson's message. So um, I know Michelle listens to the podcast, so thank you so much. It was so kind and we feel very special and, you know, lucky that you're working with Michael Lucas and this was able to happen because we know not all kids get personalised messages and toys from their favourite play school presenter. My favourite play school presenter was John. Remember John? And I feel like if John were to send me a gift, it would have perhaps been like a pack of Siggies and a six pack of VP. <laughs> I love John and Benita. John and Benita and Noni. That for me, and I feel like that explains a lot about me, that that was my early childhood education was John cracking jokes, cracking secret dick jokes the whole time. The amount of time John would mention his sausage. And every sausage is going to be a different colour. Oh, look at that. Oh, yes, let's move those things out of the way. Long and thin. That's a whopper. And Noni would crack up. And now, look, it would be inappropriate. But it was hilarious when I was five. So, um... Yeah, that's that was the that was a nice thing that happened today that I wanted to let you all know. I think that's all I have for you. I'm on the project tonight. Uh, if you're listening on Thursday with Tony Armstrong, Australia's boyfriend, I'm very excited. Then that's I don't even know. I've got Lucy Jurak's 40th this weekend. Michael and I are going. We've got to dress up as something that brings us joy. I don't know. We can't figure out what that is. I don't know what to dress up as. So it could be so many things. But that's what's really just been going on. And I'm going to start on that bloody speech, gang. All right. I will leave you. What's to come? I know I say this every week, but this is so loose. <laughs> we were overwrought toddlers, essentially. But I think you'll... I think you'll walk away with lots of new TV show ideas because we pitched about 10 new ones. Any network execs, if anyone's listening who owns a network or a production company, get in touch. We're full of them. We've got so many good ideas. All right, that's it. We'll bring it in. Play the music. M. Luciano and Michael Lucas. This is M. Salation. Sitting opposite me is a man who looks destroyed. He looks exhausted. Oh. He is sitting with a Logie in front of him, though. So it's a, it's a strange juxtaposition. I'm trying to draw strength. <laughs> I'm calling on the power of the TV Week Logie, the reflected glory. It's like, um, what's the name of in He-Man's sword. sword? Yeah, I know what you mean. What's Shearer's sword's name? I just want to say the power I of Grayskull. but the power. For the honour of Grayskull. There must be a name for the sword. I do know in Supergirl it was the Amiga Hedron, but that's a whole different thing. The Amiga Hedron. I've always remembered it. Sword of Protection. Oh, that's unoriginal, isn't it? Thank you. Is that all it was called? That's so stupid. I want something like Excalibur. (laughs) You think maybe if we revisited this show it wouldn't live up to the heights that we've (laughs) I have rewatched it. it. I own the entire Shearer box set. 
Yeah. And all the figurines. Shearer was unsurprisingly my favourite too. <laughs> I always wanted her and He-Man to hook up. But aren't they related? Correct. Didn't stop Are me. Are they cousins or siblings? Brother and sister. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Doesn't matter. Whatever. Mm. Um, you have come from a pretty hectic day. Yes. What has happened? Why are you so exhausted? <laughs> well, A, I'm post-COVID. Mm. B, yes, it was the read-through of Newsreader Season 2 on the brink of filming. Hang on, what? <laughs> <laughs> so for those of us who don't work in television, what is a read-through? Well, it's one of the most stressful moments of the whole thing. You hop in a really, really um, atmosphere-free room... <laughs> Around a big table, like a board table, and the cast gather. Entire and... cast, everyone's there. <clears throat> uh, no, actually, there's still some people, some overseas people who will join us, mm. uh, who weren't there at the start. But mm. you have readers as well, like you oh. have people covering all the guest parts. If and... I was a reader, like if I was filling in, say, Anna, I would yeah. give it, just in case. I know. They just... do, the readers Good. do give just it. Just in case I caught your eye. You know? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, the readers often, they're, they're a bit extra. In yes. a way, it's good. I love that. Yeah. I want to sit down and be like, Dale, what do you mean? <laughs> what? <laughs> How dare you? Like, I would be that girl. Uh, yeah, and there's lots of shows that might snap you up after that. I don't think this is one of them. Alas. Alas. How dare you? <laughs> yeah. But it's incredible. It's inter- weirdly, it's very nerve-wracking for the cast. And it's also nerve-wracking for the writers. And everyone, at the start of it, you're like, why are we doing this, guys? Like, why? This is just intensely nerve-wracking. But then we settle in and then everyone's like, oh, we're back. We're back. We're back. We're good. Okay, so how did it go? It was good. It, like, it was really good. I mean, mostly it's just fun. Second seasons are fun. Because you oh, know, yeah. you've... You've, you've won everyone over. You've won everyone over. You know what they sound like. So it's not like you're sitting there and everything going, what this character sounds like this? You knew what they were going to sound and like. And you walked in and sat down and popped the Logie in front of you. So, like, <laughs> if anyone has any criticisms, you're just going to talk to... Uh, Please direct them. To this guy. To this little to the silver man. I was yeah. going to say little gold sorry, man, but So did silver. you did you have an issue with your line? <laughs> um, if you could just direct it to, to the Logie. Just the Logie, thanks. Yeah. <laughs> um, and what do you think? Sorry, I just, just want to ask. Sorry, what was your problem with that line? Oh, here, just tell the Logie. Here you go. <laughs> I should never be allowed to run. It was it. better than that because we had the Logie and then we also had the actor. But then in addition to that... Well, the we, actor could injure them. You we, can threaten to decapitate them with the actor if they have an issue. You stab them in the heart. You could. And we also won an uh, acting ensemble award from the media entertainment arts <sighs> equity or whatever. And that one looked really weird. To be honest, it looked like a sex toy. Good. I was just going to say, mm. we're lacking a dildo. Mm. I mean... <laughs> I think the Logie would suffice. Oh, the Logie would do damage. You'd get it in, you'd have a false sense of security, you think, oh, this is feeling it nice. It starts good, and but then, then the boom. square bit, fuck, you've lost a kidney. <laughs> like, nah, you wouldn't be shoving a Logie up your ass. That's no fun. I didn't say ass, oh, necessarily. One of the holes. Yeah, sure. <laughs> <laughs> of course we ended up here. So um, all six steps read through? No, we only did the first three. No, it's just it, that in itself was three hours. Mm-hmm. So, you know, then we needed to recuperate. And will I be, when am I required for my table read? <laughs> look, I don't know. Are that, we allowed yeah. to tell everyone I've got a role in the second season? Well, look, well, let's, we just I, did. I know, we just did. <laughs> <laughs> when we say role, no, but will no. I be required to, like, come in and, like, sing in front of the cast? and Shh, Don't give away anything. <laughs> Be quiet. I would just come in and sing anyway if you needed me to come and perform. That's true. She could have been just, yeah, sure. You can be a hype person. For the thing that I'm doing for the thing, will I get to do a rehearsal? No. No, sorry. What about like a costume fitting? Yeah, maybe. Yes. Maybe, I think. It might have to rock. Anyway, let's... (laughs) (laughs) He's 
so nervous. All right, well, that's exciting. And so you didn't sleep much last night? No, it was all right. You're all right. all right. Yeah. Okay, good. Mm-hmm. All right, good. Okay. We all have big days, to be honest. It wasn't just you. <laughs> <laughs> I, yesterday, had a four-hour marathon session with the man responsible for, part, you know, partly responsible for Ash Barty's Wimbledon comebacks, mm. for Andre Agassi's US Opens, mm. for other sporting people that I don't know that are very big deals. Are you moving into <laughs> Grand Slam tennis? Because it would be a hell of a story. <laughs> well... They are allowing perhaps to legalise marijuana in the field of sport and the only thing standing in my way is being able to take marijuana to help with my injuries so that I could once again be a high-performance athlete. Are they really... They're looking say- into it, looking into it, what? taking oh. off the band list, yeah. Really? Medicinal, medicinal cannabis. You wouldn't say it's performance enhancing, No. Well, of course, that amazing American sprinter, Shikari Richardson, qualified fastest for the Olympics and then tested positive for marijuana and didn't even get to run. And she was the fastest woman in the world on times. Wow. And, and yeah. why did she take it? But just, like, was it... Because it's legal where she lives. Right, bit of fun on the side. <laughs> Got it. Well, no, maybe it's so she can train, you know, because yeah. it decreases pain and inflammation yeah. and all the yeah. things. So why am I talking about marijuana? Oh, yeah, so this this dude, he is the real deal. His name's Ben Crow. A lot of you know him. A lot of people have recommended him to me, and I have been stalking him for three solid years. Mm. I heard him on another podcast called The Imperfects. I know that podcast. And I uh, listened to him on the ABC in conversation. He also was interviewed by Lee Sales last week. You really have been stalking. I've been stalking. And I finally, on Friday, I had contacted him about six months ago and then I ghosted him. I ghosted him. All right, okay. I ghosted like this incredible... Treat him mean, keep him gay. I just freaked out because I didn't expect him to say yes. I flippantly got his phone number from a mutual friend and I just sent out a text one day. I'd had a coffee and a stimulant at the same time, which is a lethal combination for me. Like anything could be possible. If you want to get me to do anything for you, mm. wait for about 11am when stimulant and coffee hit at the same time. Good to know. I'm bulletproof. I'm imp- invincible. I can't say no. So I just flicked out a text. Oh, hi, Ben. I'm da-da-da-da-da. Like it was so, it was most, I'm going to read it to you. It was the most hectic text. Listen to this text message I sent him. This is a beauty of a podcast. Um, searching for Ben Crow. I can't believe I'm going to read you the text I sent him. Here we go. Oh, hi, Ben. It's M. Rossiano. First of all, congratulations on the Open. This was the day after Ash won the Australian <laughs> Open. <laughs> good, good you hit him on a low tra- traffic day. Ash is so bloody impressive. Please tell her I said hello and then I bow down to her general awesomeness. Okay, I'm reading this out loud to you now and I don't actually remember all the things <laughs> I said. <laughs> no, it's chatty. You're forge- forging a bond. You didn't misplace my message. I deleted it. Oh, so I had sent him another message, obviously, before this and he responded... But he didn't respond straight away, so I thought he would like was thinking I was ridiculous. So this is our third interaction. I initially sent him a message. He didn't respond for de- like a week. Yeah. And so I deleted the message out of Instagram because you can do that. Yeah. And he said, "Em, I'm sorry, I misplaced your message." And this is me saying, "You didn't misplace my message. I deleted it. I felt embarrassed that I'd bothered you." Okay, so I'm going in. Right? Yeah. Yeah. This is what got me across the line with him, though. I have fairly extreme rejection, sensitivity, dysphoria and low self-esteem. Yeah, so going into performing wasn't the greatest choice. So I tried to make it, though, as it never happened, but fate seems to have stepped in. I'm based in Melbourne. I'll fit around you. I hope you're recovering from a ridiculous hangover. I'll await further instructions. Thank you, M. And then he texts me back. He's like, let's do a Zoom next week. (laughs) He didn't write, M, I can see you need help. (laughs) 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 So on Saturday the 5th of February, 
Saturday the 5th of February, he said, let's catch up next week. Oh, okay. And here we are. We're in Thursday, July. Thursday, yep. Yeah. The 30th of June. Yeah, yeah. I respond, hi, Ben. First up, apologies for it almost being July. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm just like, I'll get to it. I've got a National Press Club address on August 24th around being neurodivergent <laughs> and my career and how hard it was to get diagnosed, blah, blah, blah. It's a big fucking deal and I'm paralysed with fear and I don't know how to be all the things I need to be. I don't know where to start. I know you're busy. You may not even want to talk to me. Let me know. Hope you're well, M. He takes me straight away. Mm. Straight away. Mm. Hey, Em, I can help you. What are you doing Monday. Short sentences, very clear. He got it. Yeah. yeah. And I'm like, um, all right, I'm coming. So I turned up to his office. Can we just say, so he's a performance enhancing... Guru. Co- guru. He's a guru. He's been, like, he consults to presidents. He sorts out your head. Prime ministers. Yeah, he's a high performance coach. So he deals with people who are in really high pressure situations, like the highest you can think of, mm. say a Wimbledon Grand Slam final, and mm. make sure that they're able to stay in a headspace and show up. You know, Ash very famously stopped tying her self-worth to the results in her games. And mm. any time she would be in a press conference, she'd be like, yeah, it's just tennis. It's mm. not who I am. Mm. It's what I do. He can teach you how to do that? Yeah. I need to see it. He, correct. Mm. He's, he unravels your identity from your skill and teaches you how to walk through life, tefloning the things that happen and, and just giving your best. Would you approve of someone <laughs> holding a Logie in front of them, literally clinging to their one achievement as I'm moving it aside? No, put it in front of you. It's good. So, yeah, he's he's incredible. And I showed up and I showed up at like 4.30 and I'm thinking, oh, it'll be like, it'll be an hour. Hmm. I walked out of there, done a box of tissues, quarter to eight. Wow. Four hours. How did, you, how did he elicit the tears or did they just come? They just came. Did he just sit there looking at you, yeah. asking questions? He asked me questions. Like, he asked, he asked me questions. No one asked me questions except you. And um, the first thing, like, I sat down and, and I was doing all the things that I normally do, like I'm overcompensating, overcompensating, right? And I sat down and he sits opposite me and he's, like, in this beautiful, like, brown linen shirt and really brown chinos and Rossies, like, weather, mm, man natural, of the land. Natural very colours. natural, yeah. yeah. Crinkles around his eyes, great glasses. How old? 53. Okay. Yeah, in the sweet spot. Like, everything you want, okay? Yeah. T- tanned, lightly tanned forearms with sleeves rolled up. Yeah, yeah. And we just sit down opposite each other and he's just like, the first thing he said to me was, tell me a story from your earliest memory to No, no to wonder now. it was four hours. <laughs> <laughs> well, didn't she, didn't she fucking settle in? <laughs> I was born, I legit, I... I swear to you I said this sentence. <laughs> I was born on Thursday the 1st of March at 6pm, 1979. <laughs> <laughs> and then I... He know. just quietly <laughs> cancelled his dinner plans. <laughs> Said a little SOS, honey, I hope I'm back by tomorrow. By hour four he did keep saying, I'll let you go. I'll let you go. <laughs> <laughs> so... I told him my story. He made all these notes. And I won't go into everything, but basically I've gone to see him because I have felt paralysed in my career. I have had writer's block for two and a half years. I'm five years behind on my novel. I find it very hard to front up now because I realised with him I don't know who I am. So there's Day Gem, there's, mm. there's the various machinations of me, in. in incarnations of me, not machinations, but 
I'm turning up to do this speech and it's not a performance, it's not a character, I'm not in a mm. leotard. You don't know who to present. Mm-mm. don't know what the world wants of it. Thank you. You. So his job is to help me figure out who to present, who am I? And, you know, we had to do this. And the one thing I'll tell people from this session, because everything else is just, it was a lot. But he said to me, you need to figure out what your superpower is, what, what your well is that you draw on. So when you're on your knees in life, what has been the thing that's got you through? <laughs> can't say alcohol, <laughs> can't say bad TV. Like, this Drag is serious. Like, I can't say those things. Like, he's like, no, when you are literally, like, and he made me say, he's like, when was the last time you really felt you're on your knees with life? And I said, when I was, like, driving home from the hospital with my 16-week baby in a container, I'd have to have him removed, we'd lost the baby and, and I said that was like, that's still right now, like the worst time I can think of, like I felt just fucked. And he said, well, you got, got you through. What? And I started with, well, I mean, I compartmentalised it, like I, mm. I just thought it didn't happen two weeks later. <laughs> yeah, still that Put it in, yeah. But he's like, no, like what is, what is your, what, and, and I talked about it and he said, I told him, well, I, I talked about it with other women, I wrote about it, I did a stand-up show about it. What helps me survive is he said, and then he finished my sentence, it's like being vulnerable. And I said, what? He goes, being vulnerable is your superpower. It's your well. And in the, inside your well, when you go to draw, you draw on your vulnerability. Mm. I'm like, oh, my God, what? <laughs> and I'm like, he's like, so when you show up for that speech, that's, that's what you're going to draw on. You're going to be vulnerable. Mm. And I said, I can do that. I know how to do that. I overshare all the time. Mm. And then the other thing he helped me realise, that he makes you think back to your earliest, happiest memory. So if I said to you, like, without even thinking, it, it, can, be, it can be when you're 10, like, it doesn't have to be when you're two. Mm. What is your earliest, happiest memory? Like, when you really just, in the moment, you were just so content. I just think of childhood memories in Eltham. I yeah. think of, like, going outside and it was summertime and it was piping hot yep. and all I had to do that day was play. Yes. <laughs> and how did you feel? How would you describe how you felt in those moments? I just, I just felt giddy and excited and, and, and content as well. I yeah. don't know. Yeah, and like light, right? Yes, it was, it was literal light. It yeah. was hot. Yeah, but also you didn't have much to worry about. No. Mm. So I had to go and grab onto that. What was yours? Cooking with my grandmother. Oh, yeah. And one particular time, my mum's mum, Denise, she came over and she had her head in the oven and I accidentally turned what? it on and blew her eyebrows and eyelashes oh. off. Okay. <laughs> Just when you come around, one time I came around and my grandmother had her head in the oven. It was oh no, because well, this, this is your light. She okay, gotcha. cooked with me. Yeah, she would come yeah, every holidays because yeah. mum worked yeah. and we would cook. That was her thing. She was CWA, mm. in, incredible woman. Everyone knows my love for Denise. And I just remember we'd sit in the kitchen. I'd be up on the bench licking all the bowls and spoons. But one particular afternoon, she put her head in because the oven wasn't lighting. We had one of those mm. old eighties stoves. That you had to. Oh. And I managed to get it going and then across her face. And she came up and she said, Amelia! And she was blinking, looking at me, and she was bald, Jerry, bald! It was just here. And I just said to her, and she's like, what? And I said, Nana, I'm so sorry. And she went and looked in the mirror and she just cackled like that. She had the most musical, beautiful laugh. And then we were giggling. We we went down to the local chemist to try and find a grey eyebrow pencil to draw them back on with. And then her and I were trying to get the eyebrows even in the mirror. This is very foundational. And it was just, I just remember we were killing ourselves laughing. And I said, that's my earliest, happiest memory. It would have been around eight. A love of drag was born. And possibly <laughs> also a determination when you hit teenage years to remove your own eyebrows. Yes, exactly. And so he said to me, okay, so those ways, how did you feel? And I said, I felt light and loved and 
fun and um, like like I was part of something. And he said, well, those things that you've said are part of the foundation of who you are. Mm. I said, oh. He said, yeah, that's they're the things that you feel within you and when you're at your happiest and easiest, mm. that's who, that's the person you're bringing to the speech. That's you. Mm. You're vulnerable, you're loved, you're happy, you're light. Mm, mm. Like, and I'm just sitting there going, fuck, like, you're good, man. He's fucking good. Mm. So Did that you was, say to him, what was Ash Barty's happiest memory? <laughs> he's, he's extremely Very professional. Discreet. He's so discreet. Of course he is. Um, he, did, he did drop a few little Ash Barty nuggets, but I'd already read them all. Like, he, he knows the things that... It's already out there. He didn't right. give me any exclusives or scoops. He's okay. very good. Right. Yeah. So um, I'm very lucky that he's chosen to work with me. And How many sessions do you do? As many as I need. Wow. What a guy. What a guy. Anyway, that was my session. Okay. Wow. I know. Have so, you started writing? No. Of course not. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, you will. I can feel it I'm, coming. It's rising. Yeah. The next session we begin, but this session he needed to help me crack into the person that is walking up to that podium on August 24th mm. and standing before Australia who is that M because mm. I don't know her, but I'm going to get to know her and accept her for who she is and not mm. try and overdo everything and impress people and prove myself and be a perfectionist and a people pleaser. Mm. He also said to me, stop letting people interfere with you. Stop stop letting people's moods and tones and actions, you, you give people too much power. Mm. Like, Feel responsible for everyone else. Fucking hell. He's like, he, wanted, he, he said, here's your mantra, not my life task. Get it tattooed on your body somewhere. <laughs> not my life task. Did you say to him? Could you come to my home with me? (laughs) Oh, yeah, don't worry. When I got home, Scott's like, how'd it go? You're like, sit down. (laughs) 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 Moving on. I obviously, as you can hear from my voice, I'm not well. I've got some kind of horrible flu. It's not COVID. It's not COVID. She's just had COVID. She's Mm. tested. Mm. Mm. I'm sleeping too and I can't sleep at night because I can't breathe through my nose because I've already had too many nights in a row of my nose spray and if you do more than three, you get bounced back. Have you tried night codrol? I love it. I do. You sound so much like your mum. It knocks you out. (laughs) It's so strong, yeah. Me though, I feel like I have a higher tolerance. And sometimes when you take things that are meant to sedate, they have the opposite effect and vice versa. Correct. Yeah. I just feel like it wouldn't work for me. Okay. So I started watching... A show called Love Island UK. <laughs> Constructive use of time. <laughs> Are you across Love Island UK in any way? Um, no, I know that it's extraordinarily popular in the UK. Yeah. And I know it's just basically like get a whole lot of, you know, people desperate for fame who are very buff and put them on an island and make them shag each other and cheat on each other and have lots of drama. Mm-hmm. It's like, it's. I imagine it being... The trashiest and most superficial of all trashy superficial reality. Is that correct? Yes. Yeah. And it comes out every day. Every day? So there's 50 eps a season. Oh, that'll get you through the night. <laughs> a few nights in a row. So I've started watching the most recent season and it... For, I just don't even know where to start. I've watched so many in a row that I, I know their language. I know they talk. And I sometimes I wake up and I'm like, you're right, love. You want to have a chat? You want to, you got, she got good bounce. Yeah, she got good bounce. Yeah, she might turn my head. I mean, not all the way, but I might turn my head a little bit. Um, what's your type? It's fit. Oh, it's well fit. Well fit. And I just, <laughs> then I learned a term called flanter, flirty banter. Flanter? Uh-huh. Put wow. it in the newsreader if you want. Yours for free. <laughs> Thank you. 
<laughs> it's also a direction you give actors. So one of you... Like, that is... Yes. Yeah. Uh, so... I think we need a cup of flanter in this. <laughs> it's terrible. <laughs> Flanter. That sounds like a vagina. It, it sounds, sounds like, like a discharge. It's, it, it does sound like a discharge. Sounds a digree. Flatulent. Flange. Flange. Yeah. Flat. Something in the nether regions under carriage situation. Mm. Um, I knew I was in episode one when we met Dami, and Dami had this to say. I have like this birthmark shaped heart on my penis, and usually, like the way it goes, whenever I tell a girl, "Oh, I have that," they don't believe me, and then I show them. I call him my lipstick. And that's how he gets his dick out. It's really good that he's asking for consent. <laughs> he does ask for consent. Do you reckon he drew it on? It's nah. just this his little ticket. No, you wouldn't. Nah. As soon as I saw that, I was in. That was Ep One. Ep One. We heard this. Okay. Mm. And then we've got Ekin Sue. He's like a uh, Turkish soap star. Okay. She's amazing. She comes in. We've got Davide, who's this Italian stallion who barely speaks English. He's got like an eight pack. Right. And basically. I've become, I watch it as a concerned parent. So I just, it's just, <laughs> no one should spend that many days in a row in a G-string bikini, right? Because you just would get so much thrush. It, mm. it would just be so unhealthy for them. The yeast infections in that place. And they all wear the, the bikinis that go right up your crack. Like mm. just a tiny little a triangle of bikini just butts out from Ooh. the coccyx. Yeah. Uh, on their coccyx bones. They'd all have like divided in two. Ooh. Their coccyx would look like horns, like tiny horns on a baby goat. Mm. <laughs> coccyx are supposed to be like, like say like a, a knob. Yeah. But theirs would just be oh, over time. Like, away. What's, what's the equivalent like of erosion? Oh, yeah, like yeah. erosion via string bikini bottoms of the coccyx bone. <laughs> <laughs> Put that in the news right You've now. invented your own condition. <laughs> <laughs> and so... That's the first thing I think about. Secondly, what, what about their periods? Like, mm. what are they doing? Are they stopping their menstrual flow? Is that what they, they must have to do? Can they you have do to. it? How do you yeah, do it? Yeah, you just keep taking the pill. You don't give yourself a break. You just stay on the pill every day. Okay. Because sometimes when you go on the pill, you can skip your period for a few months and then when you decide you want to, you know, clear out the pot. Well, how long do the seasons go for? Well, I don't I think it's three months all up. Right. I don't know. Is it, is it about three months all up, the seasons? How long are they in the houses for? Yeah. Do people get voted off, you know, out? Well, if you're not in a couple, if you're a loser, single, you go. Oh, so wow. So you, you couple up and there's recoupling ceremonies and oh. the public can vote on who they want you to be with and who's the most popular. Oh, But wow. if no one in the house wants to, like, couple up with you, it's a single mate. Oh, single that's brutal. Mate. That's They're what out. my teenage years felt like, only without the G-string. <laughs> without the G-string erosion of the coccyx bone. Uh, I or the heart-shaped <laughs> Or the body confidence. And they do a lot of, say, they go off on these dates, which are really sad, terrible ones that the producers set up 100 metres from the house on this beach with pebbles. And then they come back and the dates are awkward and weird. And they come back and then the boys split off and the girls split off and they do date debriefs. Debrief. Yeah, of course they do. And there's not a lot to talk about in the date debriefs. But the thing is, so I'm worried about the menstrual period. I'm worried about, like, they have to remove all their body hair. I'm also thinking about, like, there's just so many red flags to so many of these dudes that are in there, you know, like, I mean, mm. applying for the show is the first red flag, of course. pretty much. Mm. And I'm sitting there watching and I'm thinking, yeah, this is all good and stuff, but <laughs> I want to see the middle-aged equivalent of Love Island. Coming up on the season finale of Milf Island, really hot mamas, but who will be the final mommy you'd like to Oh, you know? Mm. So what I mean? Like, mm. grab a granny, you know, yeah. like... <laughs> Crab and granny. <laughs> okay, maybe you, not. 
You want to see a granny in a string bikini. Yes. Yes! And at least then, if they're old enough, you won't be worried about their menstrual cycle. No! They've gone through the pores. Post-menopause Menopause Island. Island. <laughs> it writes itself. A hot flush fantasy <laughs> island. Not Fire Island. The Perry Peninsula. <laughs> <laughs> yes, this is what I want to see. Right, I want to see jaded... 45-plus paunchy dad bods, mum bods. Muffin tops. Oh, so many muffins. Just hair on the mm, back. Mm, stretch marks. Ch- oh, all of it. Cellulite. Unpainted toenails, mm, the lot. Mm. And I want them to be given white wine at 4 o'clock in the afternoon and asked about their earliest, most unhappy memory. <laughs> <laughs> I want to see... Th- I want baggage. Mm. I want to know, like, I want to hear about all their exes and why they're so sad and why they're angry. I would watch the shit out of this show. Also, when was the last time a woman over 45 has had a fucking holiday? These people are all 20. <laughs> they don't need it. Ah, give a broken down single mother of six a break on Menopause Island. Yeah. She'll fucking go with it. She'll live her best life. Who are the wildest people at wineries? It's true. You would know. 50-year-old women. Yeah, all they your have, shows. They, they're wearing sketches because they've given up on laces. They mm. piss their pants, as I've seen. Mm. They, they vomit, they, as they you've seen. Vomit. Like, they vomit. They mudslide with their plastic raincoats. That's I've right. seen that. <laughs> <laughs> the worst-behaved women are the ones who have nothing less to lose. It would be great television. <laughs> oh, my God. Yeah. So I'm just I'm watching Love Island going, yeah, this is great and all. I can't, but I, I'm really, I'm really like, I'm desensitised to hot bodies too. Yeah. Like there's two guys at the gym and one of them's got like an eight pack and the other one's got like a six pack. And I'm looking at the guy's six pack. Going, you start to find it repulsive after a while. Oh, it is. It's like rubbery. Yeah. They're, shiny. I mean, They're always shiny. Is, okay, I'm going to drop a huge name. I was on set for a whole day when they were filming Australia and it was when Hugh Jackman was doing his like water down. Remember that when yeah. it all goes down? And the weird thing was after like hour five, you, you start to become repulsed by it. You can't be serious. You just see all those abs and you're like, this is not having the effect that it's supposed to be having. There's a <laughs> limit to how much you can handle. And I have the same reaction when I watch those shows. That's how like I that feel. that sort of thing. You just sort of like, oh, it's nothing to me now. Yeah, I'm not thinking about porking them. I'm worried about the yeast infections. <laughs> <laughs> And how do these boys not get erections in those Speedos? You've got all these T&A walking around and none of them have got semis. Again, less of a problem on the middle-aged island that you're talking Correct, about. Correct, because of erectile dysfunction. Exactly. <laughs> also, the weird thing is, why don't they do more middle-aged reality? Because every time they do put people... Like, Susan Boyle. Can we... Wait. Superstar. Australian Idol. Yeah. While we're in this field, yeah. you brought up Susan... They have put out a casting call... Oh, hang on, wait, sorry. Guys, we've got to go away, got to put an ad in, come back, blah, blah, blah. See you soon. M. Rossiano and Michael Lucas. This is M. Salation. Tired of seeing young, hot, happy people succeed on reality TV shows? I don't even need a bra. My boobs just sit like this. From the creators of Dilf in a Dungeon and Naughty Nanas comes a show that'll make you wetter than your night sweats. Menopause Island. Hi, my name's Stacey. I'm 49. I work at Coles. I'm a single mum of four. I was told there'd be wine. When was my last date? Never. Because my ex-husband is a selfish asshole. Not even a bunch of flowers. What a... It's the penultimate perimenopausal paradise. Welcome to the change of life on 
Menopause Island. Sponsored by Viagra, Tenor Lady, and Lily of the Valley Talc to mask the impending stench of female decay. <laughs> right, as I was ranting, Australian Idol casting, 15 to 28 age limit. Sorry, you fucking what? <laughs> what 28 what, is 28? crazy. What? Is that when the music dies? Is apparently. That, <laughs> apparently so. Is it over? Is that when you cease to be useful or marketable? I'm 15 years Mate, over the cutoff. I cannot. They are harsher than can fucking tiki. <laughs> <laughs> Where's my over 40s no denim dress to impress Australian Idol? Where is it? I am so mad about this. Yeah. Because... I want the other end. I want the people who were, like, great in high school, who had given up on everything. You <laughs> people are... I can relate to. I don't want people who are 18 with stars in their eyes thinking things are going to work out because i got fucking news for you, Sally from Sunshine. It gets pretty fucking bleak. I want Debbie from Springvale, 48. You are pain in the <laughs> eyes. I sing when I'm sad. This is the song I cry to. And I, that's what I want. I want those <laughs> fucking people. Oh, I don't. I am sick of seeing young, hard, stretchy, good-looking <laughs> people have nice things happen to them. Fuck them. You want M. Rosiano presents old talent time. <laughs> what? <laughs> Hello, Australia. <laughs> 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 Old talent time. It'd be great. Oh, it would rate. It would. <laughs> Susan Boyle was like, I was in. Remember? Oh, yeah, they were all developing drug addicts. It's just the same. There'd be prescription, though. <laughs> More chance of a fucking career because you're happy to just get a job at the local pub singing fucking cold chisel covers. I'm not trying to get a TikTok deal. Oh, my God. Who cares about TikTok when you're 48 and you might piss yourself when you hit the top note? You know what I mean? Like, fuck. <laughs> that would be the threat of loss of bladder control. Oh. Yeah, not too much touchdown as a splashdown. Exactly. But imagine, you know how, like, the main reason I made it as far as I did in Idols because I had a great backstory. Imagine the backstories oh. back of these broken middle-aged mm. people. Mm. Like, you, where do we start? What, oh. What's your earliest, happiest memory? I don't know because I'm 70 and everything's been pretty grim between years. <laughs> you, you bought some heart and soul to Pink's family portrait, as I recall, but imagine how many heartbreaking songs you can access now. Dude. Incredible. Oh, my God. Name it. She can <laughs> find it in. I can open anything. I dreamed a dream. <laughs> Les Miserables. Sure. <laughs> Hello from Adele. <laughs> Someone like you from Adele. I could just do a whole Adele greatest hits. <laughs> it's true. The backstory is like they're not thinking about this. You, you ask an 18-year-old, oh, the saddest thing is, oh, my dad forgot my birthday. Mm. Oh, my dog died. Mm. Fuck that. Mm. Ask, what was her name? <laughs> Debbie in Springvale, what's going on? <laughs> <laughs> She'll be like, I was walking around undiagnosed for 20 years. I had three nervous breakdowns. <laughs> All I'm saying is, why does commercial television seem to think that no one counts past 28? Well, I think they probably think that young people are the ones watching it and they want to watch other young people, but they're not. You're living proof. We are the youngest commercial television consumers. Mm. That's, we are the mm. bottom age, mm. top age, the bottom age. My kids, they're don't on TikTok. Even, they don't even know how to watch commercial television. They couldn't tell you one show. They don't even yeah. watch me on the project. Yeah. They didn't watch it. Why didn't you watch last week? What was your excuse? 
Won't be putting that in. <laughs> <laughs> Edit. Um, they don't care about commercial television. They're marketing this all wrong. And I'll tell you, I have pitched no less than eight shows to three different networks. I have the ideas. Hmm. But they keep putting the same shit back on the telly, like unless I come up with a way to put myself on maths. Well, I'm telling you, you just need a catchy title and I think old Dylan Time is it. <laughs> It's <laughs> oh, enough from us. I'm so exhausted from that. That was wild. What did we just do? My I face think, is red. I think, think we're both combined? a bit overtired. <laughs> we haven't even had any alcohol. No, we haven't. That, we are 100% sober. It's true. It's true. All right. Well, um, that's it from us. What do I have to remember? I want to tell you. I'm on the project tonight, if you're listening on Thursday, with Tony Armstrong, Stray's boyfriend. Stray's boyfriend, how exciting. And it is NADOC week, so make sure you get involved. The whole theme around NADOC week this year is um, allies standing up and showing up. up. So fucking show up. Chella will put lots of links in for you all to follow along with. Then we'll put it in the newsletter. What's on for the rest of the week? Now you've done the table read. What happens now? Well, now we just start filming it. Really? Yeah, but I have to make every single change that everyone wanted. Oh, see, imagine... Okay, right. If Imagine. I was, <laughs> okay, this is what I want you to do, all right? I am you. This is oh, We're going to role play. <clears throat> yeah. Okay, so an actor's sitting down and they've yeah. got notes for you. Um, okay, hi, <laughs> Josephina. Um, I'm the, yeah, what are your notes on your character? Give me a note like, <laughs> from another show that you've got. Nothing from I'm it. just feeling like my character in this scene was a bit Okay, I'll just stop you there. <laughs> I actually don't give a fuck what you think. Do you see this, bitch? Okay, I've won enough awards for now. You're going to, you will shut up and do as I write. Okay, great. Thanks. Okay, next. Was this similar to the performance coaching you just had? I'm sensing not. I'm sensing it was a much more, tell us about a time in your childhood where you felt light. I just cannot believe that anyone thinks they can better you. You have this. Yeah, no, it's, uh, look, it's. Uh, Don't take notes. Hundreds of I people. I want you to show up and thing. be like. With a blank table and just this is how this is how my bosses in radio used to listen to it. Like this is what I'd to rock into, like just cock out, sitting back, some kind of footy. Like I want you to be like this. Hey, what's your fucking problem? And then they'll be like, I'll be like, oh, this line. Oh, could you go fucking cry to your mum? Okay, mate. <laughs> no, I want to hear. If there's a better idea out there, I'm all ears. And you know what? Even if someone says something and it's not a better idea, I'll listen to it and I go, I don't know about that, but what about this? And I'll come up with something. That's my job is to like keep going until I find the best idea. And if there's not a better idea on the table, I don't do it. But if there is, and if I can find it, I'll keep going. Oh, you're so fucking good. That's why I've got the Logie. Oh! <laughs> <laughs> not that I'm attached to it for my self-worth. <laughs> she was looking for a really powerful sound. She couldn't find it because there was no sound that was as powerful as this clump. <laughs> Shut up, Chella. Is this, are we still recording? Yes. All right, I'll talk to you soon. Bye. Bye. This is m Okay, gang, that's a quick wrap-up. Thank you for being here. Now, make sure you are following the m Instagram account at m Podcast. Make sure you have signed up for our newsletter. And also, we have switched providers for our newsletter. Like, we're not using MailChimp anymore. We're using another service. And so our newsletter may be going to your junk box. So make sure you go and give us the clearance to land in the main box. Okay, check your boxes. And make sure that we're not getting sent off to purgatory because the newsletters are mwah, they're stunning. Everything you need in there, linkage, videos, recommendations, 
Uh, this week is, as we said, NAIDOC week. Get involved any way you can. Um, all that will be in the newsletter this week. So if you haven't yet joined up, there is a highlight button on our Instagram page. Go there, click on the link, and you'll be able to sign up and get our newsletter. Have a great weekend. I want to remind you to follow us on Spotify, recommend us to a friend, give us a five-star rating. There's so many things. The Facebook group. We've really tried to create a whole 360-degree experience. We put amazing videos up every week also. Make sure you're checking those out. If you want to see what our faces look like when we're doing the wheeze laughing. God, we could do a wheeze laugh montage. It'll be hectic. That's it. That's all. I will talk to you all soon. Have a wonderful weekend. Emsolation with M. Rossiano is a Spotify exclusive podcast recorded at Down the Hill Studios. Hosted by M. Rossiano with Michael Lucas. Executive produced by Benjamin Wosley. Produced by M. Rossiano. Edited by Ezekiel Fenn at Entente Music. With videos by James Henderson. Socials by Marcella Rossiano Barrow. With assistance from Jem Evans and Georgia Watts. Plus, occasional off-the-shelf installs and flat-pack wrangling from M's Dad Vinci. Get more m by following us on Instagram at m Podcast. You can also sign up for our weekly newsletter and join other m at the m group on Facebook. The answer is Harry Styles. Please take the time to share this podcast with a friend, give us a five-star rating, and make sure you're following us on the Spotify app by hitting the follow button. Thanks for listening to this week's episode, and we look forward to chatting with you again soon. Thank you.